Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. Back at it with a bonus episode of Sacred City Vision Drip. Pastor Sam here. I want to talk about uh, fasting, give you a guide to fasting. Now, we uh, we preached from Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 16 through 18, where Jesus specifically talks about fasting. Um, and he, he's warning his disciples not to fast like the hypocrites do, right? Because they, they draw attention in themselves. They're just out to get the attention of man. Uh, but instead to fast, you know, you know, he says, you know, put oil in your hair, look good. Don't draw attention to yourself. Just do it so your father in secret who, who sees in secret will reward you. And, um, and so we kind of started the conversation on fasting. Um, and for a lot of people, I was getting feedback. It's like, I've never heard anybody preach a sermon on fasting. In fact, I've never preached a sermon on fasting. Um, and so I wanted to put the little guide to fasting together. Now, there's all kinds of resources available uh, on the interwebs uh, that can help you if you want to really step step forward into fasting, that could be helpful resources for you. But I, I put this guide together specifically for the people of Sacred City Moline, um, a guide to fasting. I posted this on Realm, so I'm, I'm essentially going to read this post. Now, the, the reality about Realm is this, and, and I've come to, to accept this, is that about 10% of the people that are on Realm will actually read that post. That's just how it works. Uh, it'll get to the inbox, you know, they'll have the link and everything yet 10%. Now I'm hoping we can double, double our, uh, you know, double the, the, the information consumption, uh, by putting this on the podcast. So maybe, uh, Lord willing, you know, three more people will get to hear this. So, um, I, I'm going to read this and maybe give a little bit more explanation as I go. Um, you know, and, and I, I'd love to actually dialogue about this. So if you got questions about this, if, if you, um, if you have an experience about fasting, um, that you want to share, I'd love to hear it and be able to share that and give some sort of testimony about, about that for the rest of the people who are, you know, intrigued by that. Cause even what I found, uh, following Sunday sermon was that even people who, have been in the church for a long time, um, never even heard of fasting before, uh, were sort of interested in, you know, how, how do I do this? So here's the guide to fasting. Now, here's, I'm just going to read it. It's going to be kind of, well, here we go. Jesus said this. He said, when you fast, meaning that there is an expectation for Christians to make fasting part of their spiritual disciplines, just like giving to the needy and prayer. Okay. Now, even think of this later on in Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, hey, while the bridegroom is with his wedding party, there's no need to fast, but there's going to become a time where uh, the bridegroom departs and the wedding party, those people that are with him are going to fast. So he here we are, we're sitting at that time, Jesus ascended to heaven, um, seated at the right hand of the father. Uh, there is 
a time for us to fast right now. Now, many of us have questions about fasting or doubts about fasting, right? Can I even do it? Is it possible for me to do it? And so in this little session here, I want to address some of these um, questions and give some practical ways to step into this discipline of fasting. Now, let's start out with this. What is fasting? Fasting is the discipline of self-denial from creaturely comforts, typically food or drink or other various activities, in order to feast spiritually. So there is this refraining from consuming um, physical things, um, tangible comforts, uh, in order to feast spiritually. Uh, and, and so then the next question is, well, why should I fast? What's the point of doing this? The Bible gives us reasons um, for fasting, like uh, in seasons of mourning and grief. Um, we see this with Nehemiah uh, when he re- he hears about Jerusalem, the walls have been torn down and he just grieves over the reality of, of, of the busted up city. Um, we see this uh, also reason for fasting would be in requesting for provision um, or for protection. We see this in Ezra's story um, as he's aiming to uh, build the wall. Uh, or, or see Jerusalem restored. They're asking for God to kind of provide a way to do this. This another common aspect would be for like praying for rain, um, asking God to to provide the rain that's needed in order to have to, uh, a healthy crop that would sustain um, the people of Israel. And so they would fast for that provision. Uh, another reason would be for for wisdom and guidance. Um, that. In a, in a more contemporary setting, you, you might see people fasting because, you know, they're, they're trying to make a, a career decision. Um, in other places, I think going back to Ezra, uh, he was he was fasting for uh, God's wisdom. Um, and so there's there's other places throughout. Oh, we see in Acts chapter 14 when they're trying to figure out um, where to go, who to appoint to do the work of the ministry. There's fasting involved in that. But ultimately, when we get to the bottom of why we fast, it, it is ultimately about, I mean, it can be about all those things, but ultimately at the bottom of it, we are trying to... Uh, to uh, cultivate a devotional desire to have more of God. The reason why we fast, we we refrain from something so that we can say yes to God. And as we fast, we're open up to experience more of God by turning down the volume of the distractions in life. And, and even if there are good things, right? Um, you know, food's a good thing. Your body needs food, but there's also this distraction about it, like three times a day or even more. If you're me, you're snacking in between meals. Um, which I should work on in this new year. Um, you got to dial down that 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 constant volume of distraction or nagginess, and so that way you can kind of be in tune uh, with God. And so this pushes us into a place of dependence. Um, it, it takes us out of our comfort zone in a lot of ways, um, and it deepens has the potential to deepen our intimacy and trust toward God. So in, in putting ourselves in a vulnerable position. Um, and, and here's another thing. So when you think about this, so you fast, you're going to put yourself in a vulnerable position. Um, there are, you can see this with my kids, um, when they're hungry, like they get bad attitudes and, and that's why they've developed the hangry, uh, terminology, right? You get hungry and, and, and 
the the nastiness in your heart sort of surfaces a little bit easier. Now, there's also the tendency to be tempted easier when, when we're in a kind of a, a compromised position. And so by placing ourselves intentionally here in a compromised position, we're, we're creating space for the spirit of God to flex by meeting our needs, giving us the power, the energy, uh, the sustenance to keep on moving on. So really what, again, why do you fast? So you get more of, of God. Now, I talked about this before there in a lot of times, a lot of instances in fasting in the scriptures, you see a specific purpose behind fasting. Okay. And so it might bring the question, do I have to have a, have a clear purpose behind my fast? Is there a reason for my fasting? Does it have to be? And, and I'll say this, there can be, um, there might be a time where you're looking for clarity about your career or you're looking to marry somebody, move to a new city, um, you know, pursuing a call to ministry. And, and you might fast in order to get clarity and direction on a specific issue, but that doesn't have to be the case. Um, in fact, I would imagine that most times if you're, if you're a Christian and you're giving yourself to the discipline of fasting, um, uh, most of the time you're probably just doing it for the purpose of drawing nearer to God. Now, I, I think that that I mean that that is a purpose. Like I want to be near to God, right? And, and the stuff that we've been talking about with the uh, the no no more do good, joyfully endure, uh, worship hard. Those are are things that I want to see um, cultivated in my life, in the life of the church. But really, that only happens when we are near to God, when we draw near. So there doesn't have to be a purpose behind it. Now, then the question gets into the logistics of of what am I actually fasting from? Earlier, I talked about how how fasting is usually done, thought of at least with with food and drink. Um, we see Jesus fasting after he was baptized, forty days, forty nights in the wilderness, um, not eating, not drinking anything. You know. Right there, we see food and drink. The other places, um, it's usually referring to food and drink. Now, that, that's not the only place that we see in Scripture. Actually, the Apostle Paul talks about refraining from sexual activity with your spouse for a short time. Highlight that, for a short time uh, in order to become more intimate with God. So they're saying we're, we're going to refrain from enjoying some of the creaturely comforts, you know, the benefits of, of being in a marital union that, that's ordained and blessed by God uh, under the covenant of marriage to press deeper into intimacy with God. Now, he also puts a caveat on that. He's like, don't do it for too long because you're going to get tempted and the devil might slip in and try to tempt you and pull you away and lead you into sin. So be cautious with that one. Uh, but, but so we see that it's just more than just food and drink. Um, sex is one of them, but, but we can even extend the list far beyond those things to include other habits and vices that either distract us from God or that we have come to rely on as sort of like a crutch, um, or, or just like a daily thing that we have to consume or utilize. Now, for example, here's some ideas of things that you can fast from. Um, if you're not going to do like a, a whole fast from food and drink, and usually when people fast, um, you know, they, they're, they're, they're usually drinking water still. They're refraining from, you know, coffee and pop and milk and whatever else, but your body needs water. So, um, so if you're going to fast from something other than just doing a food fast, um, here's a couple things that are pretty, you know, attainable. You can do this pretty easily. Uh, for example, you can fast from caffeine. I'm a coffee drinker. I drink a lot of coffee and, uh, you know, for me, Fasting from ca caffeine can probably put me in a, in a place of vulnerability more than not eating. Um, so that that's one option. Fast from caffeine or television or social media. Now, 
these things, I would say, uh, television, social media, sometimes caffeine, you might need that to like function like a human being some days. Uh, but television and, and social media oftentimes are just distractions. I love that. I, I think I quoted it a couple weeks ago, um, in, a in a sermon, uh, from John Piper. And this was back like 10 years ago. He tweeted this. He said, you know, the one thing, uh, that Facebook and Twitter will prove themselves useful for on the last day is showing that prayerlessness was not due to a lack of time. I'm pretty sure I just quoted that for off the dome. Uh, I'm pretty impressed by that, but he's just getting after like, we've got all kinds of these distractions that have built, been built into our life. Like you get to a lull in your day, you pull up social media, start flipping through Instagram, looking at Facebook, you're Pinteresting, you're doing that stuff. Right, you get home from work, you want to sit and veg instead of pulling up a book or something, or just sitting in the quiet playing with the kids. Well, if you got kids, it's not quiet, at least not in my house. But you just flip on the television. I'm preaching to myself here. Right, those things can be distracting. They they can keep you from being present, not only with the people um, who are in the room with you in the house with you, but keep you from uh, being present with the Lord. And so those those are great things to television, social media. You can fast from. You can fast fast from Netflix. Right. Um, Instead of, you know, you lay the kids to bed, instead of turning to Netflix, hey, let, let's grab a let's grab a book. Let's grab Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage, and let's start working through the chapter by chapter, reading aloud, or, or maybe talking about what we read throughout the week. Now, some of you, some of you might need a, to refrain from and fast from online shopping and unnecessary spending, right? You've heard of heard of the uh, the phrase uh, retail therapy. Right, it's it's a coping mechanism. It's something that you do to give yourself some sort of comfort and and a uh, you know lift you up while you're feeling down. See, it's, we're using those things as a crutch, uh, and we're 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 missing out the on the invitation that God's giving us to draw near to Him. And instead, we're retreating into our Target app or you know Pinterest or whatever it might be, and and spending money that we don't need to spend. Now, another thing you might be thinking about um, fasting from is is oversleeping. Now. Hopefully you got a job, and so you uh, you there's just a limit on how much you can sleep. Um, but one thing that you can fast from is is like limiting yourself um, to a, a shorter amount of time than you normally would. So and, and in waking up early, um, you're not just you know sitting there on the couch trying to keep your eyelids open, but actually doing something. Get up, go for a walk, go work out, do something, um, read your Bible, do something that's going to uh, you know call you to be active. Um, but that's a sacrifice you make, you know. And and that's one of the things uh, I throw my wife under the bus here for a second, but. In our first pregnancy, having our first kid, one of the biggest shock factors of parenthood, especially for her because she's a champ and I'm kind of a weenie, um, was just how much uh, she worshipped uh, sleep, you know, and, and just became dependent upon it. And so I think that becomes a, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, making excuses for their bad performance or, um, you know, why they've been lazy or, or their bad attitude just being for, from a lack of sleep. Well, that, that to me, that's clearly something that you, you need sleep. Like I'm, I'm not saying, you know, stay up 24 hours a day for like three or four days straight. That, that would be no bueno. Um, but, but limiting yourself to only getting the amount of sleep that you need, um, and not going, you know, beyond that eight hours. Um, that's something that you can fast from for a short amount of time. Another thing, sweets, um, and, uh, you know, other, uh, excessive eating would be something. Basically what I'm getting at here is anything that's part of your typical routine, um, anything that you, you, you've sort of built in your life, that's a daily occurrence. You sort of kind of depend on it that if you were to give it up, it would be considered a bit of a sacrifice. Um, that would be a worthy candidate 
of fasting from that thing. So you can be creative there. There's no really no um, end to the list of what you could potentially intentionally be fasting from. Um, and and here's here's another thing. As we you know we're we're already you know coming up midway through January, if you can believe it or not. Um, the Lenten season is right on the horizon. I believe it's like February 17th. I might be wrong with my date, but it's it's coming early this year. And in the Lenten season, it's noted as a season for fasting, that, the, that through the last couple thousand years, the church has made this part of their routines of, of repentance um, and, and sort of like reflection, that fasting was part of, of this season in the church calendar. And so this is a great opportunity for us to sort of um, move into fasting and, and participate in that. And so in that time, you know, thinking back, I, I've heard of a lot of people fasting from social media, um, from, you know, maybe some people that read a lot will fast from reading fiction and instead, you know, find a, uh, a, a book, Christian book and give themselves to reading that and, and investing in their discipleship, um, sweets, whatever, all kinds of things that you can give up and fast from that would be kind of a pinch, right? You, you give it up and you feel the absence of it. And that's, that's kind of the intention of fasting is you give up something that's meaningful. So if I were to like, personally, if I were to like give up, you know, uh, give up wearing socks that's really not that big of a deal. You know, like I can probably make it a day or two without wearing socks and not have any issues. Um, my shoes might smell, but that's a different matter. So it's like giving up something that's actually going to, um, cause you to feel the absence of that thing. Now, here's the other thing with fasting. Not only are you refraining from doing something, but in the time where you would be doing that thing, you replace that time uh, and fill it up with spiritually sustaining activity. Now, if you think about it, let's just say you're a fast eater. It takes you about, you know, 15 to, to 20 minutes for each meal to eat, like prepare it and eat it. If you're fasting, you just found yourself an extra 60 minutes or more in your day, right? You, you found a bonus time in your day. Now, it would be a shame to squander that extra time. And and instead of like, you know, being intentional with that time to go to prayer or open up your Bible, read a book or, or meditate or whatever it would be, and instead squander that on just getting in extra work, put in an overtime or doing some more work projects around the house, it, it, that would be a waste of that time. So instead of, of, of that, you would devote that time to prayer, meditation, journaling, scripture reading, reflection, whatever, whatever it is to open yourself up to, to commune, uh, deeper with, with God. Um, you might go for a prayer walk around your neighborhood, right? In, in that time, instead of going for lunch, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to maybe snip a piece of Psalm 23, or I'm going to, you know, whatever Psalm it might be or scripture, I'm going to walk around my neighborhood and pray for that. Um, and I'm going to go and, and, um, open up my dwell Bible app and put on a, a Psalm or put on something and listen to it. And while I'm listening to it, I sit there and I stretch, or maybe I'm, I'm, I'm focused on my breathing, um, and just using this time to be present with the Lord. Now, the next question logistically is like, how long should I fast? Now, I'm in this section, I'm specifically talking about um, uh, fasting from food and drink, specifically, if you're going to do that. Um, the other stuff, I, I think it's like, you know, a, a day fast from TV really isn't that big of a sacrifice. Like, if, if you're talking like a week or two weeks, 
a month, you know, like the, then you start to feel uh, the pinch and sort of the effect of fasting. That that might be a longer time domain. Um, but let me say this: there's no legalistic time domain. There's there's no no legal 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 legalistic you know time marker that you've got to hit in order for your fast to become valid. However, what you give up. Uh, you want it to be long enough where you feel that pinch of the absence, okay? What I was saying there. So if you're going to fast for eight hours from your phone, all right, you say, okay, for eight hours, I'm not going to touch my phone. Well, that's essentially just getting through your workday without looking at your phone, which I hope you can do that because if you can't, that's probably going to interfere with you being a good employee, right, and working unto the Lord. Um, so that, that seems like something that's pretty attainable. Now, if you're addicted to your phone, maybe that's a good start, but like, how about putting away your phone, uh, for, for 24 hours or, or whatever it might be, um, in order to feel that pinch. So, um, you want to start out specifically when we're talking about eating fasting, you want to, you want to fast, um, sort of a, a reasonable and attainable amount. Um, but just a little bit beyond what you think is possible. So if you think you can go eight hours without eating anything, um, you know, why, you should try to go 12 hours. Um, maybe push yourself a little bit past your limits a little bit, and this will end up making you become more dependent upon God to get through your day, um, through the whole fast, through uh, provi- Him providing energy and the stamina to keep on going and to do it with a good attitude, right? Or to do it in a, in a way that's honoring to Him and not, you know, being grumbling like the, uh, the hypocrites that we see in Matthew chapter 6. Now, uh, another question, this is part of the doubts about this is like, is it safe? Can you fast? Uh, is it safe to fast? Right? What, what does my doctor think about this? Okay. For most people here, for most healthy people, a fast for eight, 12, or even 24 hours um, should be within reach and quite safe, especially if you're hydrating yourself with water. I know some people will fast and they'll drink juice or, or you know, have tea or something and give themselves a little squirt of honey um, to keep their blood sugar up and whatnot. Um, and so you're the one who knows your body the best. So in that case, like if you know it's going to be really hard to go without caffeine, it may not be wise to go like cold turkey on a on a twenty four hour fast on on, on caffeine. Uh, you may want to start working ahead a couple of days to wean yourself off those things in order to anticipate this fast, so it's not as big of a shock to your system. Okay, so so that might be just something as far as wisdom and and dil- due diligence here with with fasting. Um, in fact, we talked about this Sunday, not like at length at all, but like intermittent fasting has become uh, more and more popular in health trends. Something. That, that's viewed as beneficial. So even uh, a lot of uh, medical professionals are commending people to give intermittent fasting a, uh, a try. And, and usually it's for health reasons, not for spiritual reasons. Of course, the reason that we fast as Christians is for spiritual reasons. And you can fast for health reasons as well if you'd like to, but, but let's not joke about it and say, hey, I'm trying to get closer to God when really you're just trying to shed three pounds. So um, back to that. So it, it's safe. Uh, you know your body the best. Wean it off if necessary. Um, but if you have medications that require you to take with food or certain drinks, you, you might want to consult your physician first. If you have any sort of concerns, say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Does that seem wise to me? Now there might be the case where it's not wise. It's not good for your health. Excuse me. It's not good for your body, um, to refrain from eating, um, and drinking certain things, but that doesn't mean you can't 
not fast. Okay. You can still fast from other things. Maybe it just means that your fast involves a modified and dialed back diet. So maybe you got to eat a piece of toast with that med- medication, but that that's all you eat for that day. Uh, or, or you have to take some crackers or something in order to get you through. And, and so you don't, you know, get all woozy or something for medication. Um, and even if, if it can't be with foods, um, there's other, I just went over a bunch of other ways for you to fast, um, and to modify your consumption of whether it be food or activities or habits that still qualifies as a fast. Okay. We're moving right along here. Um, what about this? Should I tell anybody that I'm fasting, right? If it's a, it could be potentially, you know, a strain on my body. Would it, would it be helpful? Well, Jesus in Matthew chapter six warns us, you know, not to be like the Pharisees and drawing attention to ourselves. I think that it's possible to fast and let somebody know that you're fasting uh, without becoming like the hypocrites. In fact, it might be wise to tell somebody that you're, you're planning on doing a fast, especially if it's a longer fast, you know, 24, 48, 72 hour fast. Uh, it might be wise to let them know, hey, I'm planning on doing this. And um, I just want you to, you know, make sure that I'm not going to wreck myself. Um, and, and you can do that without, you know, becoming like the hypocrites and really, you know, broadcasting to the general public. So with that, just like, don't go to Facebook and broadcast it. Why don't you keep it tight to your spouse, maybe your fight club or a couple people in your MC, um, and let them know, Hey, I'm fasting now. Now, not only does that serve as a safety net, so other people know what you're doing. Um, so if they're like, man, you look like you're about to pass out, they can be like, Hey, yeah, maybe it's time for you to, to eat a sandwich or something. Well, but it's also, um, you know, and, and that would be a rare occurrence, right? That, that you actually need somebody to say, Hey, um, but, but at least those people can be lifting you up in prayer, right? As you fast. And, and then once you've completed the fast, those people that you've shared with, it might be beneficial for you to go back and discuss what the Lord has revealed to you with those folks and just say, Hey, this is what my time was like. Here's what hard is about. Here's what was hard about it. Here's where my, you know, I, I felt like the ugliness of my heart surfacing. Here's how the Lord met my needs. Um, he, here's what the Lord revealed to me and just be able to process and sort of recap that experience, um, with those trusted people. Now, here's the last question that I think everybody has looming in the back of their head and they don't actually really think about it until they they try a fast for the first time. And it's like, what if I fail? What if I set out to do this and I just can't do it? And you bite off more than you chew and uh, you just can't make it to the end of 24 hours. You can't make it 48 hours or whatever it is that you're fasting. And honestly, guys, that's okay. Like the gospel tells us that our righteous not our righteousness is not wrapped up in how good of a faster you are. Rather, it's tied up in the righteousness of Christ. And so this right here gives you the, the freedom to try and fail. And when you fail, here's an opportunity for you to believe the gospel. So let that let that point you to the immense sacrifice and the resoluteness of Jesus who fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Listen, and then he fought off the devil, right? avoiding his temptation, refusing to give in to the temptations of the devil for our sake. That whole time in the, in the desert, right? Jesus was proving how righteous he was, right? That, that he was spirit dependent, that everything that he had, everything he needed, he found it in God. And so we see that in Jesus. He was the one. And then ultimately we go to the cross that he gave it all up, right? He didn't just give up 24 hours worth of food, right? He gave up his life. He gave it all up so that we could have his reward. 
So here it is. Failure. We don't need to be afraid of failing at, 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 uh, fasting. Um, failure is just another opportunity for us to remember the gospel, to grow in the gospel. But listen, don't let failure stop you from trying it again. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up and say, well, I tried fasting once and I didn't do it. So I'm probably not going to do it again. Get back on it because this is a place that as we, as we refrain from, from partaking in well the food or whatever activity it is, God wants to meet us. God, this is viewed as a very powerful way for God to work in our lives. And so God wants to, to have his way with us in this regard. And so, and now, you know, you, you've tried it, you failed, sure, but now you know what it takes. You, now you know how you have a better idea how to set yourself up for success and moving forward and, and trying again, knowing, hey, I'm, I'm going into this. I got to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So, those are some uh, thoughts that I had, Some the guide to fasting. Um, if you have any more questions about this, or if I missed something, hey, let me know. Shoot me a message, um, sam at sacredcitychurch.com, or shoot a message on Realm. Actually, you can reply to uh, that Realm post that I had up today and, and just say, that way other people can see it. So shoot that out there. Um, this is something that I'm not like, I'm not a rock star at this by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I just ate lunch, and so I feel kind of guilty about f- talking about fasting right now. Um, so we're working through that. Um, but but fasting is something that I desire to grow in, something that I want to open. I, like I just want to have more of God. And so if this is one of the ways that that we can open ourselves uh, to the Lord, that we would know God more fully, um, to do good, to joyfully endure, to worship hard, I, I, I'm ready to give myself to this. And I hope that you would join me in in this endeavor of fasting. And like I said, the Lenten season's coming up, so we're going to have plenty of opportunities um, to fast and, and, you know, year round, honestly, there's not like just a designated time for fasting, but whether that be like once a month, Hey, this day on the calendar is when I'm going to make it a regular routine. And, th- and that's really a big part of this is, is making fasting a regular discipline. You know, maybe you do it once a week. Maybe you go through month periods where you're fasting from certain things, whatever it might be. You know, I don't know if you can make it 30 days without eating, but you know, like once a month, Hey, I'm going to do a two day fast. And that's just going to be what I do. It's going to, you know, um, that would be something that, to build it into your calendar. And so I, I do have a little bit of experience with fasting, um, not extensive, um, but I've, I've fasted from food. I've fasted from social media. I've fasted from, you know, sweets, all that business. Um, and so if you want some tips and, and, and um, help kind of getting started, I'd love to help you out with that. Or if you have any more questions, reach out. Um, and I'm excited about this. I, I think that this is a, a unique invitation, uh, you know, having never preached on this before, for, for Jesus to give our church as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm ready to belly up to the table of God's grace and his provision and just feast on Jesus, right? We, we, we starve ourselves uh, from the non-essentials to, to feast on the essentials, the spiritual essential of Jesus and the only one who can satisfy ourselves. So as we uh, move forward, let us belly up to the table of God's grace and give ourselves to fasting. Love you guys. I hope you have a good rest of your day, a week. We will see you on Sunday. Sunday.